Hey, Wade, welcome to the Intro Me podcast. How's it going today? I'm good, Steve. Yourself? Terrific, and I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate being invited. This is going to be the most serious podcast I've ever recorded in my life. Well, it's good to start off um, with a very <laughs> casual person to be more serious, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I've... I've watched you work literally, uh, not stalking. So don't worry about that. But, yeah, that's not creepy. Yeah, right. I've watched you work. I've watched you uh, take um, young people who are looking to get their first opportunity at work at Direct Supply. Uh, I've I've watched you give them tours. I've seen the enthusiasm. I you've been doing this for a while. Um, I know you love what you do. At least at least I I see that. To me, it seems like you love what you do. Um, and maybe we'll get into some of the, maybe, some, you know, news breaking stories here. But um, love that, uh, how you do the work that you do. And I'm so eager to jump in. But before we do, what, as the campus and community recruiting manager there, what's the 20,000 foot view of your job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I work at Direct Supply, which is a growing company. Um, and I share that because that really affords us the opportunity to continue to hire, grow, and develop talent. Uh, in my role, uh, largely two areas of focus. One is uh, from an external standpoint, I work with our uh, recruiting. So our MBA recruiting, undergrad, um, I get into some of our um, STEM programming as well, exposure for high school, middle, and elementary school students to STEM skills and careers. Internally then, um, on the flip side, I get to work with our internship programs. So as we bring uh, fresh talent, new talent in, uh, what are we doing to help them uh, realize their skills and talents and and more fully develop as professionals? So awesome. And I, I'm gonna stick with that last part a little bit. How did, um, how what did you guys do around interns uh, this year? Yeah, so um, this was really a crazy year. Um, we we took a step back and looked at what's our goal with our internship programs, and it's really around developing talent. And that's where we focused. Um, we looked at how do we continue to engage them? Um, what are we going to be able to do with our interns? We kept all of our internships in place. We actually added um, some new schools and programs from summer only. Wow. Uh, we typically do year-round internships, but we realized uh, that we needed to break into some other schools and markets. But we were able to keep um, all of our interns, bring them all in. They had the choice of either working virtual or working um, on campus or even a hybrid mm -hmm. mix of that. So we had a few students working from Texas and from around the state and other um, states as well. So um, that was a big focus for us was you know make sure they're comfortable because uh, that leads to more security and, and ultimately more success as well. Right, right. And, you know, taking that a little bit further, what does does direct supply or, you know, even you yourself, when you're recruiting people early in their career and, and especially for these internships, what do you look for, you know, even beyond the resume? Because it's a pretty competitive place to get into and um but but you guys really invest heavily in early stage talent um but what do you ultimately 
what are some of the things you're looking for from these young people? Yeah, you know, the, our standard answer to that is we call it the BCDEs, brains, character, drive, and experience. So intelligent people of high integrity, that character is key with the drive or passion, and then the experience, whether it's work or life experience, those are all factors uh, that give us an ind indication of, are they able to take what they've learned or done before and apply that going forward? Personally, the thing that stands out to me uh, would be around their passion and then inquisitiveness. So when they talk about what they enjoy doing and what they've done, can you hear that excitement? Can they, mm -hmm. um, are they talking about what they've learned and their mistakes and um, what they're doing in their free time around that as well? And that's big. Yeah. Because uh, if they don't have passion, right? You, you know, you've worked with very talented people, you know, and the things that you've done in your past, Steve. Um, and I'm sure you've seen kids who have or students who have a lot of potential, but they just haven't found that spark yet to get it going. Yeah. Yeah. That passion is the differentiator for sure. And, uh, and like I said, I've seen it in you uh, over and over again uh, for a long time now. And which gets me curious a little bit about <laughs> your first professional job and how you got it. What's the story behind that? Um, so my first professional job was a volunteer HR internship at a nursing home. My heart comes full circle, right? Yeah, no kidding. Um, I was uh, attending uh, school at UW-Madison and was a member of SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. There was a job posting that came through for a volunteer internship. And I said to myself, self, you like money? <laughs> but um, the experience, and at that time and still, uh, human resources was a tough field to get into. Uh -huh. um, I talked with the uh, hiring leader for the role. She talked about what I would be doing. It was very elementary, you know, just auditing and employee files, but it was experience that would help set myself apart. Um, I felt mm -hmm. so that's where I started. And that was about a four month experience, but that helped launch me into a paid internship um, shortly thereafter. That's awesome. And so it's funny how that, uh, how often on this podcast, that first decision or some career decision lends itself to uh, sort of you know, you're, you're opening yourself to advice from others. You know, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure if you're saying, Hey, I'm going to go work for free. You probably had people giving you advice or even as you've progressed in your career, you know, get different levels of advice from people. Is there any advice you've received, uh, along the way, either early in your career or even recently that you're just flat out glad you've ignored? Um, Yes, of course there is. Um, initially, you know, people would say, don't go into HR, right? That's not, you know, HR had a negative perception in the market. Um, no one liked working with HR. It was kind of a negative um, perspective. Mm -hmm. And I ignored that and still went into HR because I saw it as a role that could really influence business decisions. You were able to work with people to help solve problems, but more importantly, help them grow and develop. Um, I also got feedback from a, a leader um, probably mid-career at Direct Supply where they had shared that I should be less funny, <laughs> where I was losing losing credibility um, through that. Um, so I, I took that to heart and really looked at, you know, as I go into situations or go into different events or activities, um, 
I'm really trying to understand what's my goal or objective and how might I use humor, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, but how can you use that to keep people comfortable mm-hmm. and to keep the conversation going? Because right when you're talking to someone about their career and what they want to do, they can feel pressure to lay out all of their career dreams and goals and aspirations. And that's hard when you're first starting your career. So sometimes using humor and a little bit of levity, you can open them up um, and keep it more of a casual conversation, take some of that pressure off. So I, 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 you know, ignored that to some degree, but I also knew internally within the company, I had to be mindful of how I used humor as I didn't want that to be detrimental to my own career growth or uh, my own aspirations. I, um, I, man, can't get better advice than that. Uh, <laughs> and, but I, like, I, I'm glad you found the balance because the, of, in, in the world of personal brands, the, one of the things that differentiates you is that whenever, like, I have a conversation with you, I walk away happy. And so I think you have found the right balance in how you use humor. Well, I'm glad that it's coming across the right way. And yes. that's kind of, kind of what I'm hoping. So thank you. Steve, I appreciate you sharing that. Well, uh, you're welcome. And, and let's stay on that theme. So, you know, two pieces of advice that you said, uh, one, I'm going to ignore one. I'm I'll, I'll modify for, you know, for best use. What about, you know, a mistake you've made in your career that maybe at the time seemed, uh, you know, not so great, but now you look back and say, I'm glad that happened. So oftentimes as professionals, you view, you know, growth in your career through leadership and gosh, I want to be, you know, a leader because that's where I can have the most impact. That's where I can get the most money. Right. And you kind of tie success to, to money. To those factors. And yeah. Yeah. yeah so I had um, also about mid-career at Direct Supply, I had started to build and take on, um, we centralized our recruiting function. I started to lead the recruiting team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really then that balance between leading, growing, developing other people directly, the college programming that I really enjoyed, and then a family, uh, right. which I also really enjoy. And those things started to pull at each other. And I needed to do some soul searching to figure out what do I truly love the most, more of that long-term career growth and and impact of others, or do I like from a campus standpoint, being able to initiate some of those conversations to peak and gain the interest of candidates to get them interested in how their career might grow at direct supply and family. That was a given, right? That was a top priority for me. Um, so I talked with our VP of HR about stepping out of the leadership role of leading the team and be, and taking on more of a, a campus leadership role where I could still set the strategy uh, and how are we going to uh, impact and interact with campus uh, and the different campuses, but not that day-to-day leadership of people to find a better balance for my own time. And I had friends telling me that that was a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. like career suicide, right? You get into leadership. That's kind of what people aspire to. Why would you ever want to step out of that? But it wasn't healthy for me. Um, right. There was just too much pull for me between those three things. And I needed to focus on, um, stay focused on family. Um, and I knew between those other two, I needed to pick the one that I enjoyed the most. And that was a campus programming. 
I can't think of a a better place than direct supply that would be more understanding of all of those factors. I think, and they were, yes, yeah, yeah. I think uh, they, um, it's just a tremendous organization. And you know, you started off the conversation with, you know, talking about people with integrity. That organization has integrity. All right, so. You're in HR. Yep. You see resumes, especially from people getting ready to launch their career. Yeah. I bet you see a lot of buzzwords on those resumes. <laughs> what is one of the funniest to you or one maybe that you just uh, are tired of seeing? You know, as I talk with candidates, they'll talk about, you know, I want to get my foot in the door. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, so you've got one in but one out. What's that really doing? Uh, and you know, it's I, I think students hear certain buzzwords like, ah, oh, that's really cool. I need to say that rather mm-hmm. than being just their authentic and genuine selves. Mm-hmm. Um, speak in a way that you're comfortable, right? Because you're gonna show more of your skills and talents and passion through that than trying to find the right word. Just use the words that are more natural and comfortable to you. Awesome. Yeah. And that's I'm so glad you say that because it's been that's been a, a common uh, bit of advice from the guests on the show so far. And and then I always follow that up with, okay, so speaking of buzzwords, networking. <laughs> what is what does that mean to you and or what has it meant in your career? You know, how do you guide you know, uh, people early in that process into, into the, you know, quote networking. Yeah. Um, so I grew up on a potato farm, Steve, in central Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So when I mentioned to my dad that I'm going to a networking event, he's like, ah, oh, have fun BSing. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not BSing. Um, and early in my career, I didn't really realize the importance or impact of networking. And I knew it was conversations, right? You go meet people, And especially for students or individuals starting their career, I try to focus on the goal. What are you trying to accomplish with your networking, those conversations and focus on that. Um, If you're trying to figure out your next career, or if you're trying to figure out your next role, or if you're trying to figure out, you know, how you can develop a skill or ability, or maybe you're just trying to figure out what's available in the market, you go to an event and you have that goal then to meet five or six people and have conversations about what they like about their company. Mm-hmm. It gives you a little more confidence in going into a networking event than if you're just going there to, you know, air quotes here, BS. Yeah, right. And you're going to have better conversations. Absolutely. Um, I'm not naturally an extrovert. I'm kind of middle of the road. I've done the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty middle of the road between extrovert and introvert scale. So having that goal has helped me go into networking events to have those conversations with, you know, candidates or other professionals rather than just walking in cold and like, all right, I'm going to go talk to people. That can be daunting. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and thinking in, in terms of your career and, uh, you know, I get into the, the big question here. Uh, I get, you know, you started in an HR internship and you're in HR today um, but what's, are there other links from where you started to current, you know, in terms of, 
how your early uh, your early experience led you to what you do today? Yeah, I would say there's probably two things around that. One is just around supporting others. You know, I always I always found myself even through high school, um, in college and beyond, getting into roles where I was able to support others through leadership um, positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a focus for me. Um, the other focus has been um, the ability to impact the development of others. So how do I help them understand more about their core skills or abilities, what they enjoy to help them build off of that to be more successful long-term? Got it. That's, that's awesome. And, and I see that I've seen it every day and, and, uh, in your work. So congrats. Um, not a Thank lot of people you. can thread that together. So, all right. Does that mean I get a star? You get a, a star. Sticker? You get a star. Cool. cool. Uh, a virtual star today. <laughs> um, you can claim it in 2021 <laughs> for an actual one. Um, all right. This is this is a this is a rough part. This is the the heat, the rapid fire. Are you ready? Um, yes, I have my seatbelt on. <laughs> the only rule is there are no rules. Whatever okay. you, whatever you say. We accept. There's no judgment. Ready? Yes. Okay. What are you reading, watching, or listening to at the moment that you'd recommend to someone working on launching their career? Strengths Finder. Uh, I've gone back and looked at that more and more, uh, and it's really powerful in figuring out activities and uh, roles and responsibilities that you enjoy doing. Agreed on that, too. What's your go-to food? I, so this is one of my favorites. What's your go-to food when you need a boost? Um, I have a large pack of extra peppermint gum <laughs> um, that I chew quite a bit. I'm also a stress baker, so I tend to make a fair amount of cookies and other things, which <laughs> not always the best choice. We'd get along just fine. <laughs> Instagram or TikTok? Uh, TikTok, better videos. Yes. Besides this one, of course. Do you have a favorite podcast? There's other podcasts other than yours? <laughs> a couple. Um, a couple. Um, I've really enjoyed Factually with Adam Conover. I think just the way he looks at current problems, um, you know, frames them. Uh, it's really been interesting to me as it's a perspective that I haven't had before. This is a tough one. YouTube or Hulu? Um, there's two two um, two answers. Sorry. Okay, that's okay. Um, Hulu, that's always stream TV. So Hulu's uh, is there. But if I'm working on a, a project around the house, yes. I can't live without YouTube. I know. And now I'm hooked on music on YouTube. Like it's not bad. Searching yeah. my favorite songs and watching my favorite bands live. <laughs> I'm telling you. You can't um, beat it. You can't beat it. Okay. If you had a talk show, which would be amazing, who would be your very first guest? Wow. Um I would go gosh, maybe like a Richard Branson. Yeah, I think the talk show, if I ever were to do one, would be to would be talking about skills and talents. And how you've had to overcome obstacles and challenges as part of that. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, you look at his story and what he's had to overcome uh, with dyslexia. Um, really cool story. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Wade, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, I appreciate you asking again, Steve. It's a lot of fun.